Your competitors may be outranking you in search, but the good news is that you can see virtually everything they're doing and you can figure out exactly what's working for them. So in this podcast episode, we're going to talk through an easy to follow SEO competitor analysis process that you can use to mercilessly crush your competitors into the ground and steal all of their traffic. There you go. (laughs) A nice soft Exposure Ninja intro. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We help our clients generate more leads and sales from their websites. And one of the things that we are known for is SEO. So in this episode, we're going to talk through an SEO competitor analysis process that you can use. It's super simple. There are five steps and you can do it with virtually no digital marketing experience at all. Now, before we start, I should say, this isn't, how do I say it? This isn't the topic that maybe naturally lends itself to listening only. There is a video version of this podcast on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel, which if you spend any time on YouTube, I would strongly advise you to go and check out. If you just go onto YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja SEO competitor analysis, you will find it. So I'm going to be talking through the process. I'm going to be talking you through an example that we run through and that we'll use throughout this episode. But again, I would strongly advise that you go and look at it if you possibly can. I'm going to do my best attempt to talk through all of this and make it work in audio format. But obviously, it's something that maybe is slightly more suited to video. Nevertheless, I'm going to give it absolutely everything. We're going to make this the best podcast on SEO competitive analysis ever. So let's get stuck into it. Now, many businesses find traffic from SEO to be their most profitable traffic source. Obviously, right? This is people who are searching for exactly what it is that you do coming through to your website, and you don't have to pay for every click. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's what the internet was designed for. We've helped hundreds of clients grow their traffic with some hitting eight figures selling for tens of millions based on the process that we're going to share. So like I said, there's five steps. Step one, is all about keyword research. Now we've got other videos and other podcasts and stuff talking about keyword research. So I'm not going to go into loads of detail about how you choose the keywords. But what we will say is that you need to have at least at least one target keyword before you can run this process. So a target keyword is just something that you want to rank for. Now, if you only have one target keyword, which is fairly unlikely, but say that you only had one phrase that you want to rank for, that's actually okay, because you're going to find more as we go through this process anyway. So first thing is to do to identify the keywords that you want to target. And that's it for step one. Great, you're step one done out of five steps. Now step two is to draw up a list of your competitors. Now you have two types of competitors here, you have business competitors, these are other businesses, other brands, that sell the same thing that you do. Okay, these are the ones that you wake up in the night thinking, how do I kill them? (laughs) These are the the businesses that you have on your dartboard. These are the ones that you want to compete with because they are kind of direct competitors. But when it comes to SEO competitor analysis, you also have a second type of competitor and that is search competitors. So these are businesses or websites that come up in the search results 
for your target keyword. These might not be business competitors. So for example, what we're going to use in this episode is we're going to pretend that we are starting a ninja flowers online, right? Ninja flowers online is an online florist, we only sell black flowers, right? That's our USP. But we're going to be targeting some really, really aggressive terms like buy flowers online. And if you search for something like buy flowers online, you'll notice that as well as having other florists that come up, there are also magazine sites, websites like Good Housekeeping. They are not a business competitor for Ninja Flowers because they don't sell flowers, but they are a search competitor because they are ranking for those competitive search terms. So you're going to build your list of competitors, business and search competitors. I'm going to leave it up to you how many you choose. What I would say is what you want to do is learn from the absolute best in your space. So you don't need a list of 20 competitors of each. We're going to be running each competitor through the next three steps in the process. So you don't want 50 people, you don't want 50 businesses on this list, you might have, you know, two or three business competitors, and maybe five search competitors, and you might be content with that. Remember, though, the important thing is to take from the best in your space, you don't want to go to like page five to be hunting out business competitors that aren't doing anything. So that's going to be completely pointless, you're going to be crushing them by copying uh, positions one, two and three anyway. Okay, so step one, identify your target keywords, at least one of them. And step two, draw up your list of competitors. So what do we do when we've actually got that list of competitors? Well, the first thing, and this is my process, this is my competitor analysis process, which is based on the process that we use at Exposure Ninja for clients. Now the process that we use at Exposure Ninja uses lots of different tools, takes a lot longer than this process and is more in depth, I'm giving you the quick simple to use version. So the first thing I would do is put them in an SEO tool. Now, for the purpose of this in the video, we use SEMrush, which is a really straightforward, easy to use uh, SEO tool gives you all the detail that you could possibly want. Um, you can get a free trial at thankyouninjas.com. This is not publicly available, we actually had to partner with them in order to get our listeners a free trial. Um, so you can go to thankyouninjas.com, you get a free 30 day trial. Now this process doesn't take 30 days. So if you don't have an SEO tool, if you don't have a SEMrush subscription, you can always get your free trial, run this process and cancel before your build. That's absolutely fine. We're not partnering with them for any other reason other than to get you access to the tool. So um, go and play with that and get stuck in. So the first thing I would do is I would put the competitor, either business or the search competitor straight into SEMrush. So in this example, I'm sticking in eFlorist, they are ranking top three positions for buy flowers online. When I log in immediately, the first things I'm looking for straight away, I'm looking to see ballpark how much traffic they're getting. We've talked about data in SEO tools before and how the data that you'll see for something like organic search traffic. So in SEMrush, it's telling me they're getting 211,000 visits a month in the UK. I'm not going to trust that number 100%. But if my website's getting 20,000 searches per month, I'm going to trust that a site that SEMrush says is getting 211,000 visits is getting more. Now, are they getting exactly 10 times as many? Unlikely. I would, like I said, I would not trust any of these numbers with my life, but they're a good comparative indicator. This tells me broadly how well they're doing, but none of these numbers are exact because SEMrush doesn't have exact data. The next thing I would do is I'd have a look at the keywords that they're ranking for already. So in SEMrush, you go down to organic research and click on top organic keywords. This is going to show you all of the phrases that they are ranking for. And this is really useful because you can very quickly build up an understanding of what their 
organic search strategy is. You can see all of the phrases that they've got targeted to separate pages on their site. For example, um, on eflorist.co.uk, you can see one of the phrases uh, that they're bringing in, uh, they're sitting in position one for is Mother's Day flowers. And I can see that they've got a dedicated page on their site for Mother's Day flowers. I can see they're targeting happy birthday flowers and they have a specific dedicated page on their site for birthday flowers. So what I'm doing as I'm going through this is I'm looking at the keyword that they're ranking for, their position, the search volume. Is this a high search volume phrase? In which case it might be a profitable phrase for me to target, but it also might be high competition. And I'm then looking at the URL. I would never just look at a business's rankings without looking at the page that is ranking for each of those terms, because this is where you can see what their strategy is. This is where you can see where their priorities lie. If they've set up separate pages for each of these terms, that tells you that these terms are a priority for them. So what I would do is I would open them in the background and step four is going to be having a look at the content on each of those pages. So I've searched for um, I've searched for buy flowers online, I've picked out eFlorist, which is both a search and a business competitor. And in particular, I'm interested in a few keywords, I can see that are driving them a good amount of traffic, uh, happy birthday flowers. So I'm going to open that page, I can also see some interesting searches that they're ranking for things like July birth flower which has a reasonable search volume, five and a half thousand per month. But it also tells me that there's a, a kind of separate content strategy here, which is to rank for each of the different birth flower months. Yeah, so you've got July, August, you know, the different months of the year, <laughs> they've got pages for each of them. So that's interesting. So I'm going to go and have a look at that as well. I'm going to open that in the background to see what their game plan is there. Um, I'm going to have a look at some of the other phrases which they've got some increase in visibility for. for. So let's have a look and see what they've been gaining popularity for Mother's Day flowers. Let's have a look at that one too. So all I'm doing at this stage is I'm just observing. I'm just having a look at each of my competitors what are they ranking for? What pages have they designed to rank for those terms? We're going to come back to links and stuff later on. The next thing I'm going to do, step four, is to analyze the content on these pages. So I've opened them all because I've got the URLs that are ranking. So if I have a look at, for example, happy birthday flowers or birthday flowers, which is a search term they're ranking for, I can see they've got a fairly standard e-commerce category page layout, we've got a little banner at the top, then we've got birthday flowers with a bit of content there. We've got some links through to other pages on their site, including the birth month um, flowers uh, section directory, whatever, um, and stuff like that. I can see they've got a whole bunch of products listed as well. And that's pretty much it until we get to the very bottom of the page, where they have what we would call the SEO content section. And we call it the SEO content section because there's really no reason for any of this content other than SEO. So this is the section on the page that you see with the birthday flower delivery, happy birthday flowers, flowers for landmark birthday, all these headlines, which are basically their keywords and variants and some body copy there. Now, obviously, we don't need to read this as a user to the website, we understand the concept of birthday flowers, but this content is just there to help this page rank, it's to give Google enough insight into what this page is about to help it rank. At some point, e-commerce sites will no longer need this boilerplate SEO content on their category pages. But for the time being, 
everyone's doing it, seems to be being rewarded, so we're just going to keep on doing it until that game stops working. Welcome to the imprecise world of SEO. So we can see that that's the layout of the page. So straight away for my Ninja Flowers business, I'm thinking, okay, so I know what my e-commerce category pages need to look like here. We're going to need some text. We're going to need this SEO content at the bottom with my keyword variants. And I can also see that content is going to be important, linking through to other informational guides and stuff on my site about birthday flowers is going to be important if I'm going to rank for this term. Um, if we go and have a look at one of these informational guides, and by the way, I'm talking to you about flowers today, but I'm really not talking about flowers. I'm talking about the process. So this is how you'd analyze and how you'd make decisions based on what you find your competitors to be doing. So I go through and I find one of these guides about the July birth flower, which by the way is larkspur or water lily. So there you go. And I'm having a look and seeing what sorts of content have they needed to put on this website in order for it to rank. So I've already got their strategy. I know that they're targeting people who are searching for these birth flowers, presumably to upsell them into actually buying those flowers, as well as potentially creating some content on the site that could be link worthy and that they can start picking up some inbound links for. Now, the content on these um, on these birth month pages is actually rubbish. Uh, there's a few paragraphs, there's a couple of pictures, one picture of each of the different types of flower. There are no calls to action. There's no attempt to push me to buy a water lily or to buy a larkspur. They haven't thought about that at all. So they've done the hard work in that they've got it ranking, but what they haven't done is then try to monetize that traffic. So I know on ninjaflowers.com that what I might do is I might do exactly what they've done here, but I'm going to beef up these pages even more. I'm going to include more content to give Google an even better page to rank. And I'm then going to include more pictures. I'm going to might include some video talking about the different birth month flowers and when you send birth month flowers and all this type of stuff, answering all the questions someone might have about this topic. And I'm going to link through to products which they can actually buy, which is going to increase the click-through rate on my site, which is going to help me monetize, but also, you know, show Google that if someone searches for birth flower and then they go back to Google to search for buy Lark's flowers, that's a fail for my competitor because they've got the information from my competitor, but they then had to go back to search to look for that. Well, I want them to be able to do all of that in one stop, which is going to show Google that this is a great website to serve to these people because they can find exactly what they need all in one place. So I'm starting to look at my competitors' strategies here and their implementation to see how can I just beat them? How can I beat them on every level? How can I make a better page? And how can I make it more useful to searchers? Now, having a look at the Mother's Day flowers page, um, this is one of the most competitive phrases in the space we can see that we've got a similar sort of layout. We've got some text at the top, we've got a headline which is optimized, and then we've got some SEO boilerplate content down at the bottom, exactly the same format. So I can see the format they're taking, I can copy that, I can make it better, I can make it more useful, and off we go. So things to compare your website to your competitors with content. Firstly, is the intent of the content the same. If I'm trying to rank my Larkspur category page for July birth month terms, I'm going to have a bad time because that is a commercial page which I'm trying to rank for an informational search. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm saying, what's the intent of my competitors' pages? I want to make sure I match that intent rather than 
if they've got a page which is working, I don't want to try and convince Google that actually this is a commercial search. This is an informational search. People are looking for information. So I need to make sure I'm on the right side of that. The next thing I'm going to do is compare the quality of the information on that site. Can I beat it? Of course I can. I'm going to compare the length of the content. You can use wordcounter.net. Just stick your competitor site in there, the page, see how many words they've got, make sure that you are doing better. So the question I would be asking here is, if you needed to give Google a page that was two, five or 10 times better than what you're finding your competitor is ranking with, how would you do it? How would you do it? Two, five, 10 times better. This is going to be very difficult for some of you because you're going to be competing in super competitive niches. But if you put the work in, you can do a fantastic job of this. In the video, um, I show you the AO, um, I think it's the vacuum cleaner buyer guide, right, which they're trying to rank for phrases like best vacuum cleaner or whatever. And this page is an absolute beaut. It must have cost them a bomb to put this thing together. It's well designed. It's got rich media. It's got these guides. It's got little icons helping you to find the right section on the page for you. And of course, it links through to the right products. So go and have a look at that as an example of a fantastic page. You might think that, oh yeah, I've put together a buyer's guide. It's an article with 10, uh, 10 items and there's some pictures in there. But you could always take that page to another level and just make the absolute best page for the searcher looking for that info. Okay, the other thing that we'll do on their, um, on their pages that are ranking is we'll take a look at their metas. So their page titles and their meta descriptions. We talk about this a lot on Exposure Ninja. You can go and find more of our videos which have this in more detail. But basically, these are the little bits of hidden text in the code of the site that give each page a title, which is usually the one that's used on Google, definitely the one that's used in the top of your browser window in the tab. And also a description. And this is often the description that Google uses to display your site and so, or to display that page in search results. So what I'm looking for in these page titles and metas, I'm looking for a good keyword usage. I'm looking for compelling meta descriptions, which sell me on the benefits of clicking on this site. So if you spot your competitors using any great descriptions, which look really hooky, and you think if I was searching for that, I'd be clicking on this link. Well, of course, you can use and you can adapt those for yourself. If your competitors have very boring meta descriptions, fantastic. This is an area that you might be able to exploit them with by creating something that's a lot more enticing. So for example, the meta description on the Mother's Day flowers page on eFlorist.co.uk is Mother's Day flowers available for delivery seven days a week with a minimum seven days freshness guaranteed and free chocolates. Now, th let's think about our typical Mother's Day flower purchaser. How much are they going to value seven day a week delivery? A lot, because let's be honest, these Mother's Day flowers, they are being bought on Sunday night at 9 p.m., right? If I know that they're gonna get there tomorrow, you're getting my click. Free chocolates, Ugh, that's, what a sick offering. Now that might be two chocolates. They might be trying to upsell me to four chocolates in the checkout process. It doesn't matter, the fact is, they're offering free chocolate. The competitors on that page are unlikely to be offering free chocolate. So who is going to win the click? So it's all about differentiating yourself and just giving enough to entice that clicker. So that's step four, analyzing your competitors content, looking at the pages that are ranking well, what are they doing really well? How long are the pages? What's the intent? How good are their metas? How can you two, five, 10x that 
and improve the content on your site so it spanks their site into the ground. All right, step five is to have a look at the links and authority of their site and of their pages. So we're gonna go back into SEM Rush for this or SEMrush, whatever you like to call it. I call it SEMrush because it's quicker. Let's talk about authority scores. So every different SEO tool has some sort of authority score, right? Moz has domain authority. Um, people have trust flow, citation flow, you know, all of these different scores. Uh, SEMrush has authority score. Now, all of them are basically designed to do one thing, and that is to replace the hole in our hearts that Google left when it took away PageRank. So PageRank was Google's one to 10 or zero to 100, depending on whether you use the front facing version or their back end version, the, the score that defined how easy it was going to be for your website to rank based on the links pointing at your site. So this is Google's way of measuring authority, or it was Google's way of measuring authority. Um, it still is in part. And every different SEO tool has some version of authority score. Now, all they are designed to do is to answer that question, how likely would this site rank based on the links pointing at it? So when we're analyzing links and authority to a site, having this score as a relative measure is useful. It's not perfect and it's incredibly crude compared to Google's visibility algorithms, let's be honest, but it's a good start. So you can use the authority score a little bit like the organic search traffic projections, as a benchmark to compare different sites to each other, but don't use it as any kind of absolute score. And whatever you do, don't get fascinated by it. We have clients or we've had clients in the past that have become completely fixated on increasing their domain authority. Their KPI in life is DA. They're hitting refresh on their Moz tool every single day or multiple times a day. Where's my DA gone so far today? I wouldn't use it like that. It's basically irrelevant, except as a comparative to, uh, tool to understand how each site, um, how each site's authority compares uh, from the links that they're getting. So um, first thing we're going to do is check our competitors authority scores against our own. This is going to give us a good reading of what their link profile is like compared to our own and the sort of work that we need to do. But how do we actually use this info to improve our own SEO? Well, the first thing I would do is I would actually go into the competitor's backlink analytics. This is going to show you all of the links and the uh, referring domains. So these are the websites that have links on uh, pointing at their site. What we can do with this information is we can begin to reverse engineer what their link building strategy, if any, has been. So SEMrush will show you all of the referring domains, the different websites that are linking to your competitor's sites. You can then order these by authority score. So you can see, obviously, the one that makes most sense is to order them by authority score in descending order. So you see the highest authority websites that are linking to their site. And you see the you know, highest comes at the top and then it goes all the way down to the lowest. What we want to do is maximize the number of high authority links we are getting to our website. And we can use this backlink analysis to see what sort of strategies they've been using to get links. So for example, on eflorist.co.uk, when I stick them into SEMrush, I can see they're getting links from TripAdvisor. I can expand to see what that strategy was, where that link has actually come from. Uh, it looks like it's actually on a forum where people are talking about uh, sending flowers in Nice. 
I can see that they've got links from Trade Doubler, which is a referral slash affiliate scheme um, site. So I can see, well, it looks like they're using this for their affiliate programs, which is great. I might want to use that or I might want to use this strategy to pick up links from sites like Trade Doubler. I can see they've got links from different newspaper sites. Some of these are reviews from um, uh, journalists that have written about, you know, best gifts for Mother's Day, that type of thing. Some of these are product reviews where they've actually compared different florist deliveries and, you know, eFlorist happens to be one of those. So what you're going to find when you're doing this work is that you'll find links which are just being picked up organically and actually organically. You know, they're not doing any work for that. They've just ranked for Mother's Day flowers and the journalist has just ordered the top 10 Mother's Day flowers and they're just doing a write-up for their publication. So this business, eFlorist, has done nothing to get that link. But you're also going to find evidence of campaigns. And this might be, you know, they've been doing a push around a particular type of flower, or they've been trying to raise awareness about some particular issue and using that as a kind of Trojan to get themselves links on different sites. I'm going to see if I can find an example of that. I probably should have lined it up beforehand. Um, but let's see what we've got here. So, all right. So uh, B&M launches online flower delivery service. Well, this could be an angle that you could use. So you could, for example, if you were running a competitor to B&M or nah, Let's say you're running a, a competitor florist delivery, flower delivery service, and you notice that BNM has come up with this. Well, then you could start offering opinions on the pitfalls of flower delivery and you know the challenges that they might face and all this type of stuff in a spokesperson role for your business. Now, of course, you want to be fairly impartial, otherwise, journalists aren't going to want to talk to you. But you could, you know, you could be the first one to go out to answer all the journalist inquiries about this is great, this is really going to open up the flower delivery market. It's really great to have another competitor or another business entering this space. There's so much business for everyone. Buying flowers online has completely exploded. Loads of people are doing it, blah, blah, blah. We saw our sales go up, blah, 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 percent last year. You know, in turning this into a really good news story that you can be in front of and you can start to get some traction in high quality publications. So what you're looking through, what you're looking for as you're looking through your competitors' inbound links is evidence of campaign stuff, stuff that they are doing. They're doing outbound to journalists or they're writing guides for trade publications, for example, if you're B2B. You want to understand where they're putting in their energy so you can adopt those same strategies for your business because you know it works. You can even take it further. If you notice, for example, that they're getting coverage from particular journalists or particular publications, you could then find those journalists, find those publications, reach out to them saying, hey, I noticed you did this article on blah, blah, blah. It'll be great to, you know, collaborate on something else. Or we've got something else which you th we think you might be interested in. Do reach out to these people knowing that they've published on this topic in the past. So another level you can take this deeper if you notice that one of your competitors is ranking a particular page very for a very competitive search term, it's worth analyzing the links to that specific page. So what you could do, for example, with all this birth month stuff, this looks like a bit of a content strategy that they're putting together, is you could analyze all of the links going to those birth month pages to see, okay, if I was going to build my own birth month pages, how would I rank those? So don't just look at it on a website level, you can look at it at a specific URL level as well. So there you have it, five steps for competitor analysis. 
Firstly, we looked at keywords. Well, we didn't really look at keywords. I said you needed at least one. The other reason that you'll find more, of course, is as you're putting your competitors in, you'll see what they're ranking for. You can then add this to your keyword targeting list. Anyway, we were doing a wrap up. So first thing we did, keywords, we identified at least one phrase that we want to rank for. That helps us to find our search competitors. And of course, you'll know your business competitors already. Step two is drawing up a list of all of these competitors, which you'll then put through the next three steps. So step three is data. Stick them in SEMrush, have a look at what they're ranking for, search volumes for each of those phrases, and most importantly, the pages that are ranking for those terms. Open up those pages and do step four, which is analyzing the content on those pages. Look at their highest performing pages. How, what's the intent? Is it research? Is it commercial? How long are the pages? How good is the content? What about the metas? Do they have a content hub or a knowledge-based section on their site, which is picking up huge volumes of traffic? If yes, you might want to adopt that strategy for you. If no, if it's commercial pages that are ranking for these terms, what sorts of content do they have on them? Remember, your goal is always 2, 5, 10x what's already there. And then step five is review your competitors' links and authority. Look at their authority score, but don't treat it as gospel. Then go and have a look at the referring domains, the different websites that are linking to your competitors, order those by authority score and start digging into each of the links that they're getting from these websites. Remember that you're looking for signs of a, a concerted effort. You're looking for signs of some sort of campaign, an attempt to get visibility because you can then adopt that for yourself or you can take that to the next level. You can also reach out to those journalists, those publications, and ask about getting similar sorts of links. So there's the quick five-step process. Enjoy it. Don't forget, if you want help with your digital marketing, then you can request a free website and digital marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request your review. There'll be a short questionnaire to fill out asking you a bit of information about your business and your goals. And one of the team will then do some analysis. They will have a look at what your website is ranking for at the moment. They'll have a look at how your site is set up for conversion rate optimization. They will also have a look at your competitors. They'll then put together a plan with your priorities over the next six to 12 months to hit your business goals. They'll send all of this info to you in video form. So you have to read through loads of stuff. It'll be a nice, easy video that you can watch. Or sometimes we do a call instead. All of this is completely free, by the way. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your review today. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. If you didn't, well, I'm really sorry. Leave us a review too, letting us know what other topics you want us to cover in future episodes. But until next week, see you soon.